Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Men in Blazers ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Join Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 3 million members. You can win up to 25 times your money by picking more or less. Download the app today and use code MIB for a first deposit match of up to $100. New game day shirt, boom, cash back. Food for the tailgate, boom, cash back. Even buying a round can earn you cash back when you use your debit card with Discover Cashback Debit. Everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction, eligibility, and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. You're listening to the Men in Blazers Media Network, Suboptimal Radio. Let's just say you had a lot of faith in Thomas Tuchel. Last time you came on, you boldly predicted that Chelsea would be competing for the title in one year's time. It is uh, not gone so well. I have faith in Tuchel. I still have faith in Tuchel. That's the problem. <laughs> That's the problem. That's the problem. My guest today is a great American. A gent who's just retired after 12 NFL seasons as one of the best defensive players of all time. A dozen years that have made his name loved and feared across the globe. This is a gentleman who, when he last came on, told us a story of his journey from college walk-on to five-time All-Pro. And as great as accomplishments have been on the field, 111 sacks and five Pro Bowls, he is a certified legend for the work he's done on and off the field. Most incredibly raising $41.6 million to help Houston recover from Hurricane Harvey. Bonafide incredible. And so much has happened since he last came on, including perhaps the most profound life transition of all, becoming a father to four months old Kowa James. It's a true joy to welcome back the pride of Pewaukee, Wisconsin, Chelsea fan extraordinaire, Mr. JJ Watt. Oh, wow. it's great to be here, Raj. Thank you. Thank you. First up, the decision to retire, is that something that happens like Hemingway described bankruptcy as something that happens gradually, then suddenly? Is it something that gnaws at you, then just becomes crystal clear? Um, yeah, I would say that's actually pretty accurate. It's something you certainly think about and you want to try and find the right time. And the fear is that you are always trying to find the right time until you can't. And so I didn't want that to happen to me. So I had my son... I had a season that I'm proud of uh, personally. I wish it would have gone a lot differently from a team perspective. But personally, I was proud of the way I was playing and the way that my body was moving um, healthy. And my son got to watch me play, even if he's never going to remember it. But I can show him videos. And uh, it, it was the right time. And I feel great about it. I'm very happy. And I love, I love being retired and being able to just really focus my attention on the little man. There was a moment during that last season. You had a health scare that I think gave you vital perspective, a frightening visit for those who don't know to the hospital for an irregular heartbeat that required doctors to shock you back into rhythm 
And yes, America, JJ Watt still played the following weekend, three tackles, 26-16 win over Carolina. And you hear these stories. And JJ, we always think about our athletes as superhuman, like Christian Eriksen coming back to play after, in his words on this show, dying on the field. But do you experience fear in those moments? Honestly, mortality thrust in the face of a gent who spent his whole entire life as a superhero. Yes. I have thought of myself in the past in that light where as an athlete, you you almost have to think of yourself as immortal at times to accomplish some of the things you want to accomplish and to have the mentality that you will be the best, that you will be the greatest. Um, and you have to push your body to its absolute limits and the maximums. Over the years, that evolves and that changes and your mentality changes. Um, so I certainly, I mean, certainly have not thought I was immortal for a long time now. But when you have a health scare that deals with the heart uh, and you have to be shocked back to proper rhythm, your entire life is put into a vastly different perspective in a very, very short amount of time. And it was it was frightening. Uh, it was confusing and it was eye opening. And it certainly changed the way that I outlook on life. Was the fear that day when you took to the field? There was. We had just shocked my heart back in on Friday, and then we went to play on Sunday. So there were obviously a lot of cameras and a lot of attention on my pregame warm-ups. And what people didn't even see on that day was that throughout my entire pregame warm-up, I was checking my pulse. Like I, like, I was scared. I didn't know. I mean, I knew what it felt like when my heart was out of rhythm. And I had learned over the last 48 hours, doctors assuring me that it's safe, assuring me that even if my heart goes back out of rhythm during the game, it's going to be okay. Like I got all the assurances, but it doesn't matter how many doctors tell you if this is only a 48 hours old ordeal, you're going to be concerned. And I, I was scared, I checked my pulse throughout the whole game and it was, it stayed fine. So what do you do with fear, JJ? Ask him for a friend. I mean, I'm still an athlete at the end of the day. So there is also a little bit of me that was like, you're a badass. You're, you're like, you got this, like a lot of people wouldn't do this today. Now that's, I'm not saying that's a healthy mentality. I'm not saying that that is the right way to go about your life. I am just telling you the honest truth of what was going on in my head. That identity is so deeply embedded within you. The retirement decision, is it something you fight because shedding that identity, walking away from layers of it, did you experience that at all? Because it can be very difficult. Absolutely. And I think I'm going to continue to experience it. I think when next season starts up and they're going through the season and I'm not out there and I'm, I'm watching guys play and I'm watching guys do what I know I'm capable of doing still, there's certainly going to be moments where I'm like, man, I wish I was out there. But I think that part of the reason that I did it now and part of the reason I'm so comfortable with it is because I understand that at some point, every single player in history sheds that identity. You have to. Nobody gets to play the game forever, even if you're Tom Brady playing until he's 45. Like at some point, you're facing the reality of being done with football. And I just wanted to do it now when I'm happy and healthy and not when somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said it's time to go. I love that you went out on top. It's very rare in the game I watch football. You know, Eric Cantona comes to mind, a gent who went out at his peak. Mia Hamm went out at her peak as a total winner. And I also love... What you said about the title that eluded you, 
reminded me a little bit of Steven Gerrard and Harry Kane and their mindset. You said there's certainly a huge part of me that's going to be sad, disappointed, frustrated. I could never get a championship. That was heavy on me for a very long time. But then I was also given perspective to look back, think about that if you were a child, what you accomplished, would you be proud of it and be thankful for it? And you're really setting out the tension, JJ, between the emotional and the rational that. Trust me, I want a ring as bad as anybody wants a ring. I mean, trust me, I do. And I fought for it hard. I, I literally gave blood, sweat, tears, bones, ligaments, tendons trying to get one. But at the end of the day, one of the funny things that I realized was there are practice squad players who have never played in the actual game that have three rings. There are Hall of Famers that have zero. And I'm not diminishing the role of anybody on the field or on the team, but the reality is, is 32 teams take the field every year. One wins the championship. So for the last 12 years, 12 teams have ho hoisted that trophy, and there have been a couple repeats in there. So the reality is, is I, the odds didn't go in my favor, and that's okay, and I'm okay with that. I'm very proud of the career I put out there, and I'm very proud that I was able to do what I did. Big question from a fan, a GFOP, Stephen Thorne. JJ, what does your post-NFL diet look like and how has it changed? It is significantly less calories than I used to eat. It's the, one of the best parts about it for me is I used to have to wake up and stuff my face with calories, the right kind of calories, healthy calories all day long. And I had to plan my day around food. I had to, all right, where am I going to get some plain chicken breasts when we're out at lunch where when we're flying across the country how am i going to make sure i have some you know sweet potatoes somewhere now if i wake up and i'm hanging out with koa and i'm feeding him and i don't eat for an hour or two like no big deal if i have a lunch that's a little smaller no problem like i don't have to find six seven eight thousand calories a day anymore <laughs> it's something that you're now eating freely that you avoided before you're down at the fry bread house in phoenix just fry bread in it up so after the season ended i i took 10 days where i was like dude, just live it up, man. Drinks. I had food. I had pizza. I had burgers. I mean, I was going. Day 10, I literally looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, stop. Like, you've got to stop. You are a piece of, you know, you got to. So I, that's when I sat down and I created a daily schedule. I created my workout regimen and I was like, all right, we're going we're gonna to get back on track here. <laughs> I love the idea that you don't have to find the calories. I always find that calories find Rog to talk about myself in the third person. But let's touch on the other seismic change, beautiful change, poetic life change, fatherhood. Because you and your partner, the magical US international, Kaylee Watt, became parents October 23rd last year. How are everybody? How's parenting? Because it's so sui generis. I'm fascinated. What surprised you most about becoming a dad? Oh, it's, it's great. Everybody is doing great. Kay is great. Co is great. I mean, I, I tell people this and people with kids understand what I'm saying and people without kids try to understand, but it's, there's no way to explain it. The biggest thing that I've learned in parenthood is that I am able to love something that much. I never knew that it was physically possible to love something or someone as much as that. I mean, I love my wife to the ends of the earth. When that little boy popped out, just something inside of me unlocked an even new level of love and care. And then it unlocked a new level of love and care for my wife, watching her go through pregnancy, watching her care for Koa, watching us together co-parent and make this thing work every single day. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Now it's hard. Don't get me wrong. It's very hard, but it's a beautiful thing. 
you said something incredible about what you want out of life in this moment. You said the wins and the losses of every single week and the energy and force I put into every single week and the preparation, that's never changed. But I think that's honestly part of the reason it's time to walk away from the NFL because I don't want all of my energy to go to that anymore. Yes, that's 100% true. Could I have gone on playing the game and giving it 80%? Sure, but that's just not who I am and I wasn't going to do that. I put everything into the game. You know, if I'm going to play the game and I'm going to go out there, I'm giving my teammates everything I got. I'm giving the fans everything that I've got. I'm preparing as hard as I can in the offseason. January, February, I'm preparing as hard as I possibly can. I'm ready to be done with that. I'm ready to, uh, if I miss a workout, if I miss a meal, if I don't get a good night's sleep one night, I don't stress about it anymore. The most important thing to me is my son and my wife. So as long as those things are happy and everybody's good, then I'm good. There was another quote of yours. I'm ready for a new challenge. Whatever that new challenge may be, I'm looking forward to seeing what else is out there. How do you get your head around the what now, JJ? Is that something that you actively search for? Or is it something that you're sort of waiting around for it to just hit you one day? A combination of both. A combination of both. I do a lot of uh, research on it. I, I look to see what other people have done after their career. I look to see what other opportunities are out there. Try and think about what people haven't thought about. I like to break molds. I like to do things that people haven't done. I want people to look at something I do and say, I didn't even know a football player could do that, or I didn't even know that he was capable of that. And some has come, some still to figure out, but there's there's some exciting things in the pipeline that, that even you might be very excited about in, in the next coming months or years. I don't like to project, and I don't like to break news on this podcast, JJ, but if I'm hearing the contours of what you're laying out, the professional goalkeeper dream that you always had. <laughs> Now's the time, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm up for it. So I, you'll like this because this falls in similar. So <laughs> I grew up playing hockey and I always, I mean, no matter who you are, you, you think that you can do things You're like, yeah, if I had a year to train, I could play at the professional level, um, which I've said about goalkeeper before, which is yes. absurd, by the way. Yes. Um, so we've seen the video on Tuesday. I got a call from a, a great one of the great hockey players down here shane doan for the arizona coyotes and he said we have an alumni game every thursday i saw some <laughs> film of you online playing you want to play and i was like I've, i'm in this phase of my life where i'm like just say yes to things like you want a new experiences new things so i was like sure i'm in now keep in mind i haven't skated in six years i haven't played hockey since i was 12 so i i said yes i showed up yesterday and I today cannot move my legs, <laughs> my back, my body. I'm so dead, Raj. It was incredible. But I had a blast. There is a, there is a footballer, my kind of football, in J.J. Watt. And anyone who doesn't know this about you, J.J. Watt is proper football, football, football. And just Google right now, dear listeners, if you don't believe me, the video that J.J. shot with the mighty Kun Aguero. J.J., those penalty shots... The power of the J.J. Watt leg. You have some gun. Oh, I can. I can fire a penalty shot in there. The problem I have is running, Raj. It's the problem. So that's why I keep her. You know, I'm a big guy. My wife always says my problem with keeper would be getting down. Like, she's like, you wouldn't be able to get to the low balls. I I push back on that. I think my distribution would be strong. I think I'd be very good at distributing the ball. I can throw it a mile. I couldn't do that sidewinder kick that a lot of the keepers are doing nowadays. And I wouldn't stop any penalties. I mean, I would just try and play absolute mind games. I would try and intimidate, intimidate, intimidate. That would be my only goal. 
God, that is peep of you. The way you've just described yourself, you've essentially described Tony Miola. Uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to get agents on this. Wisconsin Emmy Martinez, there is no doubt, but undoubtedly the most impressive athletic feat in that whole Cunaguero video is you squeezing yourself into Cunaguero's shirt. That bad boy looked child-sized. <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, I'll never forget like so I know Kuhn uh, pretty well. We talk all the time. He's 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 a great guy. He's one of my best friends. And uh he came with Argentina and Messi was here and, and him. And so I got a chance to meet uh, all those guys. And I'll never forget the first time I met, you know, that you see him on TV and you know, he's the goat, but I mean, I'm talking half my size at best. The dude is tiny and it just blew my mind. Like I, I could not picture how Virgil van Dyke is out there. And then Leno Messi is just scooting right around him. You know I mean? The, he's got to be half of Virgil's size. Virgil, he looks at him and thinks lunch. Men and Blazers, we like to believe more is more when it comes to football. Less Everton are playing, in which case, oh, less is always more. But one thing you can do to enhance even the Everton watching experience is to visit the GFOPs at Prize Picks. They're America's number one fantasy sports app. Test your skills on Prize Picks this season. It's the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you've got the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Tappity taps, mostly just picking what categories you want Everton players to disappoint you in and smashing the less. Thing I love about Prize Picks is, is how simple it is to use. They're now offering Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this soccer season. No more ferreting around in your wallet for that security code on your credit card that the computer never saves. Download the app today. Use code MIB for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's promo code MIB. Prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Your dream setup, amazing prices, and free shipping await you for a limited time only at alienware.com deals. That's alienware.com slash deals. We learned on your last visit that your love of football, which was developed like so many Americans in part through your enjoyment of EA Sports FIFA, can you just articulate for new viewers, what role does football, soccer, Premier League soccer in particular, play in the JJ Watt life, especially now you're retired? Oh, it's it's massive. I mean, like I told you last time, it started with FIFA and playing with Ivory Coast and Drogba. And then I followed Drogba to Chelsea, and then I became a Chelsea fan. Um, the Premier League overall has taken on a massive role in my life. I mean, I'm sitting down tomorrow morning to watch the Premier League slate. I'm watching championship games, and I'm loving it. And I'm looking at it as a, at a much deeper level, and I'm looking at it from a level of involvement that uh, I, I dreamed about in the past, but is, is becoming closer to realities too. 
You are now deeply obsessed. There is no doubt about it. You dropped a lovely tweet last month when you were trying to watch multiple games, including one in the championship. I think it was Huddersfield versus Burnley. And your comment was, NFL fans from overseas who try to stream our games, I understand your struggle. Explain to us what was happening here so we can we can gain a sense of the what match day experience, the heart of the struggle. So I have a room with a few TVs in it that I like to sit there for Premier League days. For one reason or another, I wasn't allowed in that room on that day. Um, so I was in my main, I was in the main room of the house and, uh, we had, I wanted to put up a certain game. And so I, I was logging on my iPad and I was trying to get it like beamed up to the TV, but then the TV wasn't having it. And then at the end of it all, when I finally got it up there, it only showed up on like a tiny little part of the screen. So I was still watching on a small screen and then my iPad battery died. So it all went to zero. So I had nothing. JJ Watt having everyday human being problems. We have all been there. But let's talk about the Premier League. Because last time we were on, we talked about your deep affection for Chelsea Football Club. And JJ, I don't like to bring up old hot takes. That is not my style. But let's just say you had a lot of faith in Thomas Tuchel. Last time you came on, you boldly predicted that Chelsea would be competing for the title in one year's time. It is uh, not gone so well. I have faith in Tuchel. I still have faith in Tuchel. That's the problem. <laughs> That's the problem. That's the problem. Everybody does. There's one person that didn't, and that's the problem. What has happened since, and how do you understand it? This is this is a delicate situation, Raj. This is delicate to discuss um, because <laughs> I'm very interested in soccer ownership. I'm going to say that at the beginning of this just because I've been – looking at opportunities and different things. And I'm, I'm, I've spoken publicly about it for a long time. I'm very interested in it. So, Am I speaking to a man that's, whose current dream is to have 50,000 people in a stadium chanting, what out, what out, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> get what yeah. out of my club? <laughs> exactly. Like I'm, I'm foreshadowing to that at some point in my life. And you're going to flash back to this interview and be like, <laughs> he, he would look at him talk crap about these other owners and he couldn't even do it himself. But I will say, I think, I think if I look at that situation, I'm objectively looking at it. Let's say as a Chelsea fan, you're looking at a guy coming in from overseas. You have a club that's been very successful. You had the owner had to leave, obviously, for reasons, you know, out of the club's control. And that owner had a certain way of doing things for a very long time, but he put people in place at the highest levels of the game. Tuchel's one of the best managers, Petacek, Marina. I mean, the, the, the system in place was working very well so somebody comes in and removes that manager removes that director removes that scouting department that's not a job that you just fill with nobody and you say you're going to do it yourself like if i come over there and i'm an owner of a premier league team i know for a fact that i am not the best person to be deciding on transfers and to be deciding on sporting direction you have to put the right person in place and i think that that's kind of where it got awry was somebody without the proper knowledge thinking that they had it. Jerry Jones makes it look so easy to do all the jobs. <laughs> it's not so easy. And by the way, people who are listening to this are like already trying to get to the end of the big reveal. And I'll just say it now. Yes, JJ Watt and I are both buying Everton together, but we'll get to that. <laughs> They're going to be a lot cheaper in about six months, Raj. <laughs> God, 
don't do me like that, JJ Watt. Don't bring that darkness into my house. Let me at least. Are we getting into that at some point? I mean, you guys are going to have the most beautiful stadium in the championship. It's going to be incredible. JJ Watt, the one thing I know about is you've sat more quarterbacks than most human beings and you can recognize a depreciating asset when you see one. (laughs) But back to Chelsea for a second. I'll talk about Everton with you. I want your advice. I got to tell you, last January, all those shiny new players arriving, you know, Enzo, 140 million, Mudrick, 106 million, How Felix and the rest. Did it feel like NFL draft day where the team you played on had all the first round picks? So it feels good in a sense that your club is purchasing players and, and there's that ambition there to be great. I will say that it also didn't feel great from a standpoint that it almost felt like we didn't know our own team because you're bringing in so many new players and you don't know any of them and that identity is kind of gone. Whereas you come up with teams and there's guys that are through lines. I mean, as a through line, Conte, like there's guys that you know and you love and it feels like when there's a brand new squad, the connection is lost. And I don't, I don't like when the connection is lost. Now, that Chelsea squad's now bigger than the Cardinals roster, and that includes the Cards practice squad. And, yeah. and you've, you've been on a lot of teams, JJ. You understand chemistry from the inside. You understand also chaos. When you look at this Chelsea squad, do you see like a process to order and wonder? Or does it feel like a Star Wars cantina that's you know always going to be just dimly lit, strong drinks, random outbreaks of violence? <laughs> I don't know if anybody sees like the, like, like it, I mean, the first, the first wave of signings was like $500 million of defenders. And yet Tiago Silva is still like our best guy back there. You know I mean? Like we're, we got like a 38 year old just running shot back there. Obviously we've got Reese who's incredible and, and you love having Reese back there. But no, I, to, to, to your point, I don't fully see the vision of, okay, where is this going? So poor Graham Potter, and you've played for many coaches in your time in the NFL. What do you see when you watch him? I see a guy in an extremely tough position. I mean, he's been handed the keys to one of the best organizations in the world after a man who came in and won a Champions League within 15 months. And he has also been given nearly a billion pounds worth of transfers. And everything from the outside world looks at that and says, why aren't you being successful? But the reality of sports is that it is not as simple as that. And the people that make it look that simple are, are great for a reason. What Tuchel did was incredible at Chelsea. So like he doesn't get enough credit for that. And Potter also doesn't get enough grace for maybe it's just harder than it made, he made it look. You know, in your experience, is there a moment where a squad, they just know the manager and they just kind of have a sense of him. And even if he's a good manager, possibly somewhere else, they just know this gent's not going to be a culture fit in this place, in this time. Yeah. And if you get to that point, that's a tough point to be because you're not really getting that back. Like you really, as a, as a manager, as a coach, you get that one shot right at the beginning to show this is what I do. This is my knowledge base. This is why we're going to be successful. This is the level of discipline I need. And you're, you're, you have that beginning era to implement your first impression. And if guys aren't bought in at the beginning, it is extremely hard to get them to buy in midway through because they're already starting to question things. So unless you have some grand plan to get everybody back on board, it is tough to, to lose them if you lost the first impression. Fan question from a GFOP, Rafi Kugler. Who has more job security, in your opinion, an NFL head coach or a Premier League manager? 
I would say it depends on who your owner is, but uh, <laughs> lately it's gotten closer and closer. That is one thing that has always blown my mind about the Premier League that the NFL has gone towards much more recently. The Premier League, I was always blown away. I mean, especially watching Abramovich. I mean, you fire through a manager every six, 12 months. And I'm in my head thinking through football. When a football coach is fired, an American football coach is fired, there are training staffs, nutrition staffs, weight room staffs that change. And sometimes the facilities change. So everything changes and that's expensive. So when I watched them doing it over there in the Premier League, I was like, how are they doing this from a financial standpoint every few months? But then I realized it is a little bit more logistically easy to switch out a manager in, in soccer. Um, but now over here, we're firing coaches after one year. We're giving guys two years max in there. If they're not good, they're out. I do feel like there are a lot of things that from Europe that come over to America. I mean, I've seen the NBA talking about the idea of an in-season tournament similar to the Champions League or the FA Cup. Um, I've seen them talking much more heavily about academies, the way that you know the Premier League and everybody does academies. So it's fascinating to watch the similarities between European soccer and American sport. Got to quickly touch upon poor Christian Pulisic, the best men's player this nation's ever produced. Somewhat a forgotten man now in that Chelsea depth chart somewhere. Almost certainly going to be sold last transfer window, but then was injured cruelly right before. Lots of rumours about possible new destinations in the summer. It's a wonderful thing as an American football fan to have one of our gents in the Premier League team that we support. But part of loving someone is, as Sting taught us years ago, letting them go free. What would you like to happen to Christian, JJ? What would you like to see him do? I want to see him get consistent playing time. Part of being an athlete is being in a rhythm. It's being in that flow state. It's being in that ability to just let it all play and let your body take over. That's what you've done your whole life. And uh, the more you play, the better you get in that flow state and the more comfortable you get and the more free you play. When you're only playing 30 minutes, 60 minutes every couple of weeks, that now becomes the most important 60 minutes. And you're trying to do so much in that time to prove you get more 60 minutes. And then you aren't as free and aren't as loose as you should be. So I want to see him back to playing a lot of football. I want to see him feeling comfortable and confident again. I don't want to see him, you know, just sitting on the bench struggling to be at Chelsea because it's Chelsea. I'd rather see him play somewhere else and be successful. Not to put words in JJ's mouth, but he's essentially saying, Everton Pulisic is flow state Pulisic, and I love it. Does he fit the Dyche scheme? Does he does he fit the scheme you guys are running up there? JJ, honestly, you fit the Sean Dyche mold more than any other human being. I think you are the big man that Sean Dyche has been dreaming of. I'll be Diego Costa. I'll be Diego Costa for Everton. I'll come oh in and God. I will just beat the shit out of everybody, Raj. I'll just, I'll just knock everybody around. By the way, you, I love how you're joking. I am so, I've rarely been more deadly serious about anything in my life. Bite your arm off to have JJ Watt beeping the shit out of people. That is, well, frankly, that's honestly not Everton's problem. It's the actual football, which is Everton's problem. But JJ, you've been on terrible teams. What advice do you have? Well, well, for me. Oh, man. As a fan, I don't know the advice. As a player, I can tell you what you should do. As a fan, it is tough. I mean, it is tough to look at your team and to be able to say, I don't see how we win this game. Like, I don't even, like, as a player, no matter how, rough of a situation my team is in i can find in my head some rhyme or reason why we can potentially win this game in that locker room you would stand up and say what i would i would explain what i see like if we can do this this and this on this day on this one like we're going to be able to 
this is how we're going to do it. But as a fan, you're a little more realistic, I think. <laughs> like, I, I have to convince myself. Even if I, I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen, I have to. But as a fan, you're a little more realistic. Oh, Nana is Belgian, JJ Watt. I have faith again. It's Rog here to tell you about a product that I simply adore. It's been a long-time staple in the Bennett refrigerator, Stoke Cold Brew Coffee. Always bold, always smooth. Yes, that is the very same Stoke as in the mighty Wrexham Fortress, known as the Stoke Kairas or the Stoke Racecourse, Wrexham AFC's home. They support it. They support football, which is just one great reason to love this coffee. It is my go-to enjoy during the football calendar, essentially the opposite of Everton. And you can check out their full lineup of 48 ounce cold brew products, something for everybody from light to dark roast to seasonal favourites in a refrigerated multi serve format. I tell you this, as someone whose blood type is now officially Stoke Espresso Blend, have the coffee house experience in the comfort of your own home and do it now. Stoke Cold Brew Coffee and be sure to follow Wrexham AFC. Big love to all at Stoke. Courage. New Year's is now in the rearview mirror. By now, some of the excitement about our New Year's resolutions may be dying down, much like my excitement for Chelsea Football Club as we get further and further into the season. If you're looking for performance apparel that can help give you the extra push you need to keep up with your health goals, Viore has you covered. Viore creates incredibly versatile and comfortable activewear designed to look great in everyday life in and out of the gym, or in my case, on or off the tennis court. Plus, Viore is 100% off setting their carbon footprint by offsetting 100% of their plastic footprint from 2019 and beyond. They are utilizing better sustainable materials for their products, empowering your best active life. With Viore, you can feel good about the things you buy and also how they are made. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash MIB. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash MIB. Not only Will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns? Trust me, go to viore.com slash MIB and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Can we touch upon quickly the Men's World Cup last November, December? You were in NFL season, of course. What was the what level of interest in the tournament? Interest was high. I mean, I was frustrated at the time of year that it was. I mean, I was frustrated, obviously, with, I mean, a lot of the circumstances around it. Um, you know, when we got in from practice, we made sure they had the U.S. games on the TV. Uh, I remember watching the the final. I believe we were in Denver when I was watching the final. I got to my hotel and immediately put it on the hotel room, and I was like, watching this, and I got to go to a meeting, and then I'm coming back, and it's Mbappe and Messi going, like, blow for blow, and I'm like, I need to be sitting down paying attention to this. I don't, I don't even care about the meeting I'm supposed to go to right now. If we talk about our young American boys, hold those dreaded English at bay before valiantly crapping the bed against the Dutch in the round of 16. What do you think of our gents' performance, big picture? I think it was exciting. I think the thing it did was hopefully raise our expectation level a little bit around here, um, which I think is good. I think that the expectation level can no longer ever be you know, excited to make the tournament, hoping to make a little splash. I'm not saying we're going to win it anytime soon. That's just a, a realistic fact from a fan standpoint. But I'm saying 
we have to have the squads where we're comfortable going toe-to-toe with an England, which I think those guys did a good job of, obviously. But it was fun to watch. I mean, it's it, it, the next decade is going to be exciting because of the Olympics, because of the World Cups. We touched upon Lionel Messi earlier, but I do need to know, as an elite athlete, watching another transcendent elite athlete of a completely different body shape, body size, what do you see when you witness him? I mean, watching him win the World Cup was incredible for me. I mean, obviously, the biggest title of my career eluded me, and I'll never have it. Um, it has eluded his for most of his career, and he's accomplished literally everything else you can accomplish in the game. To see him not only win it, but be the reason they win it and be the reason that they're so good at the age that he's at, still playing the way he's playing, and to do that for his country, there cannot be a better feeling in the world. And as an athlete, like, having a small understanding of what that must feel like is, and we don't get to do it at the national level. Like even if I won a Super Bowl, I'm bringing it back to a city and a state. He is bringing it back to a country that has been dying for it for years and years. I mean, what a feeling. Is there any American equivalent that you've ever witnessed? Maybe like if Barry Sanders and Steph Curry had like a, a bastard Argentinian offspring. Oh, that's a great one. Um, no, 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 there's not. There's no equivalent. I'm fascinated to see what he does now. I mean, he did it. So now is he trying to win the Champions League? Is that like his next goal? Or is he now just comfortable? And does he hang it up? Does he go to Miami? Does he, you know, what does his next steps look like? Because he's done it all now. And if he wanted to, he could retire today and secure his legacy and never have to work. I mean, he could have done that 10 years ago. But uh, I'm fascinated to see what he does next. Again, I don't like to speak for J.J. Watt, but this was a plea for you, Lionel Messi, to come and sign for whichever team J.J. ends up purchasing. Please but do. But the World Cup is coming to these shores in 2026. It's going to be played in Canada and Mexico, yes, but most dominantly in 11 cities across the United States. NFL Stadia will throng with Americans welcoming the world to watch the best, play the most watched sporting event on the planet. J.J., what, what do you think that tournament, that delirious month, that eclipse, which will strike the entire world and unite us for 30 straight days, what will it do for this game of soccer's profile in this nation? It's going to be incredible. I'm looking forward to it. I think that soccer here has already gained so much steam and momentum and NBC does such a great job at the Premier League coverage. I think that the Olympic coverage and the World Cup coverage has been fantastic and the country keeps getting more and more excited. I think having it here, uh, on our shores, uh, in our cities, is going to only elevate it even further. I think the women's game here has taken such a massive step forward, which is incredible, and only is going to continue to lead the way, I think, women's sports in general. I think the, the way the women's game over here has evolved and the way that those ladies are stepping out in front and leading uh, is incredible. So I'm looking forward to it, and I think that the game is going to continue to elevate here, and I think it's going to continue to inspire younger generations and our, our men's and women's teams are only going to get better and better. I've always joked on the show, soccer is America's sport of the future, as it has been since 1972. What is the ceiling for soccer here compared to the traditional American bat and ball sports? How big can it be? So I've talked to a lot of people about this, actually, because of my interest in ownership, both either here or abroad. And a lot of people have the same sentiment that you have, where people have been saying forever, 
that soccer is the sport of the future. Soccer is on its way. This Olympics and World Cup, is this is going to be the catalyst. I think the problem is, is everybody keeps looking for one explosion of interest where it's, oh my gosh, now this is America's sport. I don't believe that that's ever going to come, but I do believe the last time we had it, I mean, the Mia Hamm, the Brandy Chastain, they led a revolution and it took time and it's built. I think we're, we're going to have another one of those here. I don't think it's going to be this thing where all of a sudden soccer takes over the NFL. But I do think that it's going to build and build and build at that slow climb. And it's, it's going to be great. Women's World Cup, you talked so passionately last time you came on. Talked about how the US women's team and the NWSL and its stars are largely responsible for the rise of football in the United States. Quick one, what's your gut feeling as our women head off to attempt to go back to back to back? Uh, I mean, I think they're playing great. I mean, uh, my wife's teammate, Mal Swanson, uh, is playing incredible football and I, I, MVP for a reason. She played so well. I think that those ladies are are in fine form right now. I think there's going to be some great challenges. I do think that world women's football is improving also. I mean, I think the England women have done a great job. Uh, I think there's some great competition, but I'm an American. I'm, I'm confident in our ladies. <laughs> Last question for you. Your son, Coa James, if you could pick a sport for him to excel in in his life, what would that be? Golf, because I suck at it and I want him to be great at it and I want to go visit the best courses in the world. Wow. JJ, we need Coa James, World Cup 2042. I got to tell you, Raj, he is a big boy. He's a big, <laughs> big boy. He's a chunky fella. I, I'm hoping that he gets his mom's quickness and agility and speed. But at the moment, he's got his dad's size. And, and that is not easy up and down the pitch. The miles put on your body, he's not going to be able to move too fast. Yeah, perfect for the Sean Dyche system. Yes. Coba James, yes. 2042. JJ Watt, to you, to your wife, to your son, to your family, and to all that comes next. Thank you, Raj. I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure. And I'm hoping that the next time I'm on, we have some even more exciting things to talk about. I look forward to it. Everton, you and me, it's happening. I don't like to break the news. I may have just broken it. Courage. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Men in Blazers ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or... You can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com slash survey. Yo, Trey. Yeah, Kevin, what's up, man? I was just thinking, what would have happened if Drew Brees didn't fail his physical with the Dolphins and ended up playing under Nick Saban in Miami? There's a good shot the Finns establish a dynasty. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick probably don't become goats, and Tuscaloosa doesn't become the center of the college football universe. That's a butterfly effect for real. Hey, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier. We're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Sorry, Marshawn, still too soon. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.